Hello! Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. It is the Kicking and Streaming Pod. I am your host, Johnny Lake. And sitting on a futon across from me is the one and only, my all-the-time co-host. He's got blonde hair, 6'4", blue eyes, and he just got some sun this weekend on the other coast. Mm -hmm. His name is Kevin Hill. Hello, listeners. Yes, uh... I got some sun, and Johnny also got some sun. We're I can, hoping you got some sun, too. You, you can't see us because it's an audio medium, but... Uh, we're looking good. We're looking decently tan for late May. I really feel for like I put May. too much sunscreen on, honestly. Mm-hmm. My partner made me wear uh, SPF 50, and I feel, really feel like I could have gone with 30. Anyway, no, we got gotta, some sun over the Memorial Day weekend. You always got to be careful with melanoma. You're right. You're you right. always got to be careful. We had a good Memorial Day weekend. We hope you did as well. We want to send uh, a very uh, genuine and, and thankful shout out to uh, all the service members out there. Um, and I also want to introduce our our third co-host on this uh, this podcast. He was with us last time to listen to Triple X, um, Return of Xander Cage. He is a known Vin Diesel head. He has knowledge abound in so many obscure categories as I try to emulate. Uh, his name is Steve Koenig. Steve, how you doing? Good, man. Good, good, good. Very, Happy to be here. Very glad to have you. Did you forget Steve's name? No, because it sounded like you were like. I was trying to think. Of, I was time. trying to think of how else to fillet Steve. God, what's my grooming? <laughs> you did an I, I was, job I was trying to figure out other ways to um, to intro our uh, our third musketeer, Steve. Um, but we're here. Um, it's we, we had a little bit of an odd schedule over the past couple weeks, and we've been a little uh, delayed getting podcasts out because of obviously the long weekend. Um, but Kevin had a very special episode that we released, I think, about a week ago or so. Yeah, and I looked at the numbers recently, and I we had uh, over 200 listens on it. On iTunes? On all of our platforms. Wow. So I want to give a shout-out to, if you listen to the whole thing, uh, it was a hell of a ride, and I'm glad I went on it with you. Salutations to you, Kevin, because... As I think you you shouted me out a little bit on on the show itself, but I was not really willing to <laughs> to you? to sit for a listen of such things, and and you went through the trouble to do so, and uh, and and uh, the well, people liked it. Did you watch it, any apparently. of the royal wedding itself? I saw some of the feed of them driving down in that's, the carriage. In the carriage, in yeah. The carriage. That was that was the money shot. That was the creme de la creme. That was the it with them in the carriage waving. Yeah, it was a nice sunny day. They were them. lucky for that. Yeah, it was a great day for a royal wedding. So, but the lifetime um, sort of version portrayal of it. Yeah. Give it. Give us some takes. Tell us what you think. How it's marinated on you. How do you feel? Uh, you know, a week and a half later. It 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 still remains to me the most bland and yet most outrageous movie. The combination of these two. It's hard to explain because it, it would literally be like boring writing and boring writing and then just an out of nowhere comment that totally was different from the feel of the movie. <laughs> like there was one scene and there was so much like BS where, uh, for example, Harry and Meg are on their first date and all of a sudden the quickest sunrise in the history of sunrise comes through the window. Like, literally, it just, like, whoosh, like, a whole hour's worth of a sunrise happens in about two seconds. And you don't think that was, like, a kind of narrative device of showing time passing quickly? Oh. Or is it literally... Bro, there were narrative devices abound. <laughs> Not so saying many... they were well executed. No. But uh, there's also just, like, there's one narrative device that was hilarious was, like, the... Um, girl uh or woman who wanted to marry harry but harry never had like affection for her ah uh, she was classic and she friend did the zone. classic classic evil uh evil friend thing where uh she would say something catty or nasty and then take a sip of white wine <laughs> her name was phoebe i don't even think she was a real person she would just Phoebe's. be like oh it must be so. It must have been so hard being an actress in L.A. Take a sip of white wine, or like 
Harry always finds new people, and then he gets bored. Six white wine. Like, she was like... The- I'm wondering where their source material is to, to know that there is such a friend, or do you think it's completely fabricated? Completely fabricated. Good. Um, Love it. Yeah. There was also... There was a scene where um, on their second date, Harry takes Megan to Botswana. For some reason, Botswana is like a big theme, and like we go to Botswana four or five times in the movies, but then we just... Like it's like the touchy moment, second date, yada yada yada. They have sex, and then we cut second f- date. Yeah. Wow. Wow. We got we got moved along. It's a ninety-five minute movie. That's that's true. Two hours with commercials, unfortunately. <laughs> but then you cut to Prince, uh, William and Kate, and William just goes, "He Botswana'd her." <laughs> and you're just oh, like, "What?" I thought I thought you were actually gonna say we cut to Prince, like mm-hmm. the the artist formerly known as Prince. Yeah. No, no, like, no. Wah! <laughs> no, 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 Prince, Prince William. Yeah, he composes a love song for them specifically after, and they, he and names it. He, he calls it he calls it Botswana, and that's the last song he ever wrote. Yeah. Wow, we're getting right into the dark shit early in this podcast. Well, you had to bring up Prince too soon. I, yeah. I just I felt like it was there, it's and a maybe royal I wedding. It. I'm gonna throw out Prince and princess terms. <laughs> You're right. Don't be like. Princess Peach? King Lear? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, I I am honestly, I, I'm sorry for feeling the way I did about uh, the thing. No, um, but it, it was. But I'm glad was, you watched it. I, I wish I had watched it at this point. I would, I, I would have to say between these two movies we watched recently, they've been probably the two most fun I've had. Wow. Just the contradictory BS narrative device hilarity uh, of uh, you know the Harry and Meghan movie then to go into just pure action delight not perfect fun fun shoot shoot bang bang 11 stupid I think we watched Triple X the best way one can watch Triple X is by sitting with your best friends and talking through it the entire time right. and then just getting caught every 15 minutes going oh oh, 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 oh did you see him ride that snowmobile through the wave <laughs> that was dope man you see him jump out of the helicopter with no freaking parachute or snow <laughs> yeah. yeah so let's let's uh do a quick recap of the extreme sports in triple x yeah. we had the uh Longboarding, right? That was the that was really cool. That was right at the beginning. That was our and, reintroduction and we, to Xander. We already Cage. skipped one. We had the skiing in the jungle, skiing. right? But the longboarding came chronologically first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or did it? I yes, think it, it did. Well, the radio tower on the skis. Then the radio tower to longboard. Oh my God, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. So what was he? And the best part that that sequence, that opening sequence, the skiing on the on the tower, the cell tower to the longboarding he gets out like to the beach where there's this big hut and a bunch of people crowded around it and he like stole like a part of the tower just so people could watch a football match that was that was great that was a good touch that was a perfect that that's absolutely set the tone for the amount of seriousness we're to expect in this movie and the type of action-packed stunts and sort of Vin Diesel personality we should be expecting throughout the 98 minutes of pure octane definitely definitely didn't take itself too seriously no and that was it if it had it would have been a bad movie I still don't know if it was a good movie but it was not a bad movie I mean there it's it's okay maybe it was a bad movie it has but it could have no, been no, it was no, a no. good I'm trying bad to think movie. of an analogy because to me it wasn't bad but it had so many nitpicks and flaws and like hilarious like hills that you wouldn't die on but hills that you would you know stand up and shout from tony gonzalez is like cia mm-hmm. i couldn't get over that <laughs> that was one thing <laughs> there's yeah there's there's a lot there's a big there's a list. weird wrinkle yeah but uh yeah steve i mean what was as a vin diesel fan and as someone who does really like the original Triple X, which is considered like a pantheon early 2000s action movie, sure, yeah. 
What did you think of this? What did you think of the tone they were going for? What did you think of the supporting cast? Mm-hmm. What did you think of D.N., Donnie Yen? Yeah, Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen was great. The insertion of Donnie Yen really, I think, provided a lot of much-needed flair and some mm-hmm. difference. And, uh, you know, kept, I think it kept the movie going and flowing in, in sort of a direction that, you know, maybe you don't get from the original. Yeah, Donnie Yen and uh, his early in the movie antagonist co-part uh sorry counterpart uh Deepika Padukone playing some you know shoot him up sexy uh female sidekick bad guy character no she's she was triple x too no she was but they were they were kind of posed in the beginning of the movie as like the bad guys and then mm-hmm. there's a sort of changing of sides there's a twist but aren't they still bad guys well, I guess they technically yeah. are, are. The Triple X people like bad guys. I mean, they just don't want the the control of uh, that thing. I forget what it's called to fall into the government's hands. Yeah, the plot. Uh... The plot was a little confusing. I'll say that. <laughs> Pandora's box yeah, is what Pandora's it's called. Box, right? Tony is, Collette was, was like just the, going after Pandora's classic, box. The classic name of like a kill all device. Yeah, it's right. always like they didn't need to Pan- go too much into it. Pandora's box or like. The Tesseract, yeah. or like Elysium's Cube. <laughs> like, it's always like something like named like that. They're or not, like yeah. Zeus's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fucking <laughs> Zeus's yeah. treasure or whatever. Zeus's like, finger. <laughs> Zeus's finger. It's always like a Greek name followed by a shape. So it's, <laughs> you know, so it's like the blah, blah, blah orb. <laughs> David's sphere. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I had no idea what Pandora's box did. Did it bring down satellites? And if so, why were they threatening to only bring down one satellite every 24 hours? Right. And why was that satellite not destroying while it returned to Earth's atmosphere? Okay, I want to get your guys' uh, opinions on something. I want to know who you thought was the, uh, the sixth man of the year, the heat check off the bench candidate this movie because there was a deep cast steve uh, i hope do you know what our six band of the year is with these uh just, okay. uh, just to refresh the listener yeah, uh, um i'll so the six man of the year obviously um starts in basketball as like the best player that comes off the bench the best non-starter in the league uh it's often a pretty important role on teams that have championship aspirations, um, guys like uh, Andre Iguodala from the Warriors, Eric Gordon on the Rockets, um, for the Celtics, uh, somebody like you know Terry Rozier or or Marcus Morris. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a, it's an important role that is not like the star. It's like someone who kind of comes in has limited minutes, not as much minutes as everyone else, but still when they come in for those those the, while they're there, they're making an impact. And so some of the characters that we've named as six man of the year are like the Russian scientist from Spiders, um, the Russian dog from the Russian dog <laughs> from Air Buddies. Um, what else has that? Only... Oh, the um, uh, what was the football player's name from uh, the Vietnam movie? Oh, um, oh, you mean the the Love and Honor. Oh, oh, the, the, I forget what that the, the it was yeah. the the guy that they met in America. He wasn't one of the yeah. two main characters. He was like the he first person in the commune house to yeah. be like these guys are chill. Yeah, and he like only had a few lines and like saved some lives or something. Mm-hmm. But I thought you know this movie is so deep as far as you know like, you could say Vin Diesel is a star and Donnie Yen probably couldn't be the sixth man of the year. I know who then... my sixth man is. You've got... And I'll tell you what. So I, do you want me to go through the cast first? or you? Oh, I already know. Okay, Kevin, why don't you give it to I us? I mean, I don't know the name of the character, but I know. <laughs> and first of all, it should not be six men. We should get den- general neutral. I know who this is. Because it's Ruby, Ruby Rose. Rose. Sniper. <laughs> Vin Diesel says, I need to acquire a team. He acquires a DJ. <laughs> a DJ, a guy who crashes cars. Yeah. <laughs> A guy who's just like only thing is he can he's willing to drive cars into buildings. Torch. And then he, he gets like an elite sniper. And of the three, it's like only the sniper really does anything to She's, save. She kills Vin like twelve in the people movie. in the movie. Yeah. 
Oh, more. Yeah, probably probably 30, in, 40. At the secret bad guy but not so secret rave, she kills like 12. <laughs> but in the warehouse, she kills like 40, 50 of those just oncoming U.S. Yeah. government. You know, like, uh, like Call of Duty zombies style, yeah. just waves of baddies. But yeah, of the whole team, she's like the only one who really has Vin's back. And That's like true. Is always like watching out for him and communicating with him and being professional. She fashions a rig just like out of a, a tablecloth where mm-hmm. she's like, she runs up a tree trunk and is like, Climbs suddenly it. like wraps yeah. it all around this branch and is like suddenly like hanging from it. Like, yeah. that was cool I, I don't know. It was, that was a cool one. The other two don't deserve, you know, anything because they really didn't contribute much. I don't know, man. Rory. Uh... He had that one really cool move where he kind of, you know, when he he inverted his car and they kind of. Oh yeah. Spun around the guy. The two oh, hundredth right. crash. The two hundredth. The two hundredth. That's right. Two hundred. What's uh Rory McCann? No, the hound. Yeah. The hound made me laugh. Yes, he was. He, he were. Went, he was he where was some of the low-key like laughs the came funniest, from. The uh, funniest award. Yeah. The DJ Tennyson. was quite silly. Yeah, that was quite. He was not. What's your superpower? Useful. I'm a baller. Yeah. I, yeah, people com- like me compared to like Donnie Yen's team. I don't know. What about Nina Dobrev, the 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 Q of of this Triple X universe? Yeah. yeah, she was she was strong candidate. Just she- very 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 awkward and and cute and like mm-hmm. kind of starstruck by by um by Vin by Vin by um what's yeah. the character's name? Xander. Xander, Xander Cage. Cage. It's in the title. Any any shout out for Neymar Jr. and uh, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson I, I dying in the first Neymar, scene, uh, and then yeah. it turns out in the last scene they faked their death and they're like still there. You, what's hilarious is you know both Samuel L. Jackson and Neymar Jr. were like, all right, we'll do this for one day. Yeah, we'll do yeah. one two that. days of shooting max. <laughs> and you have Samuel L. Jackson probably like memorized a mono, that monologue, which was great. Yeah. In two yeah. hours, and you just have Neymar going like. I don't know. Triple X? <laughs> 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 just, like, <laughs> just gives him a look in like, the final yeah. scene. Yeah. But, That's uh, all it is. He's, he's literally just standing in the back as Samuel L. Do- is doing his like, monologue. <laughs> and then and then Samuel is like, we'll see you next time. And, yeah. and then he walks out and Neymar Jr. just like kind of lingers a little bit longer and like stand, or stares at Xander and then just like turns and walks out the door too. It's like, okay, I wonder how much they paid him for that. <laughs> do you know what's weird? One thing weird thing with Samuel L. Jackson is... I rewatched the trailer at work today to remind myself like some of the best bits. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where it's Samuel L. Jackson in, in like the church going like there's four bad guys. They're unstoppable and they killed a federal office and I'm like, "Wait. <laughs> yeah. You died in the first scene." <laughs> They're totally Stephen, I think I I think oh sorry, Stephen. I was about to say Stephen A. Smith. Um Samuel L. Jackson is like great trailer bait. Yeah, but when was that scene? Like, there's no scene where he it didn't happen. It, yeah. it didn't happen. It's literally just to I get people to go. I wonder how much editing and like ADR was in this movie because so, I have a feeling it was a lot. I know. I know. Well, on on that note, I know we talked about um, the budget um, while we were watching it, but just to revisit that budget was 85 million, which honestly seems not that bad, and the box office was 346.1 million. So. Does it say what was international and domestic? No, it does not specify, I don't believe. <clears throat> one thing I think this movie was really smart with, believe it or not, is casting internationally. Like, you literally yeah. have Donnie Yen from ta- uh, from China. I think Tony Jaws from Thailand, right? Um, I think so. It doesn't say here. I'm looking at the Wikipedia yep. page. It does say that in China, they Paramount focused their marketing efforts on Donnie Yen, yeah. placing him at the front of some film posters ahead of Vin Diesel. Oh, Vin wow. wouldn't like that. No. And, and, and shared clips and reviews of his performance on the popular Chinese social media site Weibo. Weibo, Weibo. Yeah. Um, well, it takes place in Shanghai and Philippines and mm-hmm. Th- in Thailand. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, like, Ruby Rose is Australian mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, the Indian actress, I won't butcher her name. Deepika like, Padukone. Yeah, she's from, she's like a Indian film industry. Well, fuck, they had Neymar in it. And, exactly. You know, yeah, like, they got American Brazil, audience. they got a big chunk of, you know, China and Asian audience. You got the South Asian audience in India from Deepika Padukone. Obviously, Vin Diesel was a big draw for Americans. He was like America's representative. Yeah, <laughs> which like, is which, which I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. If, if there's anybody that's going to represent us in an action movie, 
bald white guy Vin Diesel with tattoos jumping out of a plane. I'm okay with that. Um, but let's uh, let's keep it moving because we want to. Well, oh we, come on! There's so much. No, more no, to that's talk what I'm saying. No, I, I, I want us to give like our, our how much has changed for us, our kind of favorite moments, and what you know our our kind of rating is. We can only yeah. really talk so much about it. I could honestly talk about this movie for a lot longer. There's so much funny stuff in it and flaws in it. If we had three hours. Yeah. All right. So remaining thoughts and rating, Steve? Ooh. Uh, well. Favorite scenes, anything like that? What's I mean, been on your mind? Definitely taking the cake. How do you think it ranks like in the triple X? Well, it wasn't as good as the first one. No? Okay. No. I mean, for me, I, I took the, the first one took itself a lot more seriously. And yeah. Maybe because I was 11 years old when I saw it. <laughs> so did I. But, I mean, it definitely, it had great action movie moments. And, the, and this one did too, but in a, you know, more tongue-in-cheek kind of funny way. Like taking, taking a motorbike... And putting it, you know, making it into basically a, a surfboard, a surfing device was was a big leap mm-hmm. for me. And like, great scene, amazing scene. Uh, but you know, it it was also ridiculous. I I think it needed to do that though. Anyway, I'm glad and it, it was fine. Yeah, like having watched it now, uh, I definitely appre- I I think I would have appreciated it more now than had I seen it. You know. Uh, really clear you know because the last one came, i think the first one came out in like 2007 something like that yeah something like and that. so you know to see to see it this many years later and to really like appreciate the ridiculousness of it all <laughs> versus looking at it like i did then which was with, like with wonder and a, like yeah saying... a james bond movie or something you know something like really okay like, uh that i really cared what's about. give me your give me your rating for it and your scale your your units, your scale, whatever you play want. it off of ten. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a solid three point seven. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple moments That's... that made me go, oh yeah, and a lot of moments <laughs> where I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is fun. Oh yeah, and uh, the two main emotions Final, of the movie. I'll, I'll give it a shout out though. Final kill scene with the middle finger. Uh, won't spoil it. Too oh much, yeah, great, great moment. That yeah, vintage, sure. vintage triple X. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And then she nicked his finger. She nicked his finger. She had to. Uh, Kevin, what do you? What's still on your mind about the movie? So much, so <laughs> much. Uh, I mean, I could just do like. A, I'll let you. Yeah. You can just go for three I'll minutes if you want. Just give you a quick rapid fire. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the fact that <laughs> when the first scenes in the movie is Vin Diesel just going at it with his girlfriend <laughs> I don't know like yeah, some yeah. unnamed woman yeah. uh, and then leaving him a skateboard that says don't fall with a note I uh, totally forgot about Vin that Vin Diesel shooting at a crowd believing but not fully knowing that there's blanks in the gun <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was a ballsy ballsy call uh, Tony Collette just like oh trying to act with the line she was given. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Jesus, Vin's f- coat <laughs> before he has sex with the uh, those nine women. Yeah, those nine women. Uh, <laughs> What did that scene even have to do? He, with the it? best part is he, he, like, they show him wearing the coat, and then like you can feel the sexual tension building. And I'm pretty sure like this scene ends with like his coat coming off in some way, whether it's like him taking it off or someone no, taking it off. They're him taking it. There's no way revealing yeah, his like you know burly like like Tattoo buff chest. chest, and then like the next scene just begins with him putting it back on <laughs> and walking out of the room full of naked women. It's like this fucking coat, man. <laughs> Um, Kevin, what's your okay, what's your rating? I gotta keep going because we're no. not even through the first act. Okay. <laughs> uh, the fact that the female London hacker girl, basically not even a woman, like a seventeen-year-old girl, was under house arrest, but then the next scene is them in like a bakery, and it's like, oh, yeah. were you under house arrest? Uh, <laughs> Uh, okay, then, like, the Philippines, uh, it's, like, a super secret bad guy, like, It's, like, a bad guy hangout spot. Yeah, yeah, yet they're having, like, like you said, like, a giant rave. (laughs) And, uh, 
the DJ being upset that he can't drink and spin and uh, <laughs> basically not helping the team out because all he does is drink and spin. Uh, uh, the fact that uh it's the seal team six guys are like we got your back and yet vin's like nah i don't need you best military group and And i thought he killed them he literally (laughs) opens the thing up like shoots that care package out the out the out the way and they get pulled out Um, and tony clutch just like (sighs) i'm so annoyed at this he just killed 20 people (laughs) Uh, the fact that, uh, I don't know why there were Russian communists that attacked the rave. Um. <laughs> Completely unexplained. Uh, how the Indian actress, give me the name. Deepika Padukone. Deepika Padukone caught up to Donnie Yen and Vin Diesel after they motorbiked through the forest. For like five minutes. And then surfed on the said bike's waves yeah. for at least another five. Mm-hmm. And yet she appears to have walked from the nighttime rave through the, the morning she's through the daylight beach yeah. um across the international dateline the fact that they go to detroit <laughs> that's right they end up in detroit and you have no and that idea. building is not air conditioned yeah and that that man was very sweaty uh and then of course ruby rose saves him um how did was ice cube just in detroit hanging out with vin diesel's car like waiting for the call i think that that's the that's the implication, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, there's a scene where the hound is just like, I'm going to go for it. And then he appears to get shot like six or seven times. <laughs> yeah. And then gets pulled to safety by the DJ. But then is fine. He's never like... There's no explanation for that yet. scene. And like, nobody's dead. Uh, <laughs> just everybody being like, God damn Xander Cage. Yeah, everyone yeah. is in awe of Xander Cage the entire fucking movie. Yeah, and it was like it was like Vin D- <laughs> Vin Diesel was like Yeah, uh I, I see this one character doesn't respect me. Well yeah, Vin, it's Donnie Yen. He's supposed to be your nemesis, your like arch rival. Yeah, no 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 no. He needs to like me and respect me. Well he's the you know, arch enemy Vin. Alright, fine. He has to like and respect me by act two, but everybody else has to adore me. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you got it. <laughs> Think he had some pull like, in the writer's I room. I feel like yeah. I feel like Vin Diesel was like, I'll return to Xander Cage but I want to write the script. And they were like, yeah. all right. He did get the executive producer credit. Oh, my God. Oh, he, he might have had some input in the script. But, yeah, that's basically it. And other than a lot of weird jokes and leery shots, uh, I mean, I give it, like, for enjoyability's sake, it was probably one of the most fun I've had watching a movie. Uh, it's way better than uh, So Undercover. Better than Next? <laughs> yeah. Okay. In terms of entertainment. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And so that's it. What's your rating? Uh, in terms of fun, six out of ten. In terms of a movie, uh, two point five. <laughs> I think you guys said any more than I I could ever hope to add. Um, I'll give my rating is. Um. Triple X. It's probably, <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's two X's out of five. No, it's it's two X's out of three in terms of Yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. It's yeah, two X's yes, out of three. Right. Mm-hmm. Um that was that was a good one. I think as as Kevin mentioned, it was definitely one of the most fun uh movies we've watched thus far, regardless of its And I feel like it's the first quality. movie that I all three of us if someone's like, I need a bad movie to watch, mm. would recommend. Oh, yeah. Sure. It's a good time. I've, and you yeah. don't have to remember hardly anything about it afterwards to still be like, oh, yeah, that was, was yeah, yeah, that was all right. Why not? Good. Hungered back, had a few beers, chilled out, slept in. Watch Triple X. Yeah, mm-hmm. watch Triple X. Return of Sandy Cage. All the day. All right, so um, we need to pick our movie for, for next time, 
for next week. So Steve, would you actually? Oh, like this the would honors? be great. Yeah, let's oh. do let's do a let's do a little I, I celebrity kind of thing. Impose. So, uh, oh, please. Try to pick out a magic title for us. You, you get get to pick three, or should we do two? Well, we should do two now since there's so few of them left, right? I feel like we're getting to a point where some of these we want to do just automatically, as we talked about earlier. Ah, coin heist. Coin heist. Coin heist. Let me let me do a quick search. This doesn't that. have a year, so it might be a Netflix. Man, your your Wi-Fi is really bad back here in your room, Kevin. Uh, don't tell the listeners that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's 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 see the next one anyway. Pick pick the next one, and yeah. uh, and we'll talk about both of them at the same time. Cause there's there's some of these that we want to do. <laughs> okay, we got. Ooh, Mother's Day 2016. That's Mother's Day 2016. I know this movie. I haven't seen it, but I know who's in it. It's like Julia Roberts, Jennifer Aniston, Jason Sudeikis. It's one of those, like, we have 20 storylines around a mm, holiday uh, Gary Marshall a- movie. After they made... Um, Day-esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same director. New Year's, New Year's Eve. New Year's Day. Way to go, Steve. Yeah. So Coin Heist is a Netflix original. Uh, it's a 2017 American crime drama film written and directed by Emily Hagens and based on the young adult novel of the same name by Ooh. Elisa Ludwig. Ooh. Ooh, so it's some YA stuff. The film stars Sasha Peters, Alex Saxon, Alexis G. Hall, Jay Walker, and Connor Ratliff. It was released on Netflix January 6th, 2017. So this is an old one. This is an old Netflix original. And it must be pretty bad. Cause it's got nobody I recognize, and it's in our bowl. I know Connor Ratliff, but that's because I know comedy nerds. Oh. Um, what was it? Sorry, what was the second one? Mother's uh, Day. Mo- Mother's Day. Jennifer 20s. Aniston. Mother's Day. I I, Mother's I just googled Mother's Day <laughs> as if that would. Mother's Day movie. Yeah, not film. But Wikipedia seems to think it's a film, 2016 film. Wikipedia thinks a lot of things that are movies. It's an American romantic comedy film directed by Gary Marshall and written by Marshall, Tom Hines, in peace. Lily Hollander, and Anya Kochoff, Romano, and Matt Walker. How many writers? Marshall, Tom Hines, Lily Hollander. Three. Anya Kochoff, Romano. Four. And Matt Walker. Five. Five writers. So it's a very cohesive story. Yeah, yeah. A very singular kind of focus. One narrative voice. Yeah, certainly. Uh, and it is almost two hours long. <laughs> Indeed, Steve. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Ooh, uh, Matthew Walker's in it. That's great. Sarah Schalk is in it. Asif Manvi, who's funny. John Lovitz. That sounds like a lot of actors wow. and actresses. Timothy Oliphant. Ooh, Timothy Oliphant has no shame in what he'll do. I'll <laughs> throw shame at Timothy Oliphant. Dude, 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 are you about to shit on the Netflix series uh, Santa Clarita Diet? Because no. you should not do that, because I am willing to die on that hill. No, I, I think that's very funny, but it's just like, he'll be, he's like in the weirdest movies. Oh, he is. Like, Justified, he was great. Wasn't just, yeah, Justified was really good, right? Yeah, like, he's always great on TV. But, like, he's always, like, in these weird movies. And you're just like, dude. Santa Clarita Diet would qualify as weird. Yeah, that's TV, though. Yeah, right. He's always, like, the weird supporting character where you're like, dude, come on, man. So it also has... um, It's got Jack Whitehall in it, which I... He's a comedian from Britain. Okay, I thought he was in... um... Mad Men, but it looks like he's not. He looks like a guy that had a had a season long arc in Mad Men. Um, so what do we think, guys? We got Mother's Day and we got Coin Heist. Should we pick one more? We could we could, we could pick one more. We've always yeah. done three. Why stop now? I just we're gonna have to re- rejuvenate the the number of uh, titles. Oh, there's there. there's plenty out there in the universe. Ooh, <clears throat> the Haunting. The Haunting. Nineteen ninety nine. I don't think Spiders qualifies as a horror movie. We haven't done a horror movie yet. The Haunting is a 1999 American supernatural horror film directed by Jan de Bond. 
The film is a remake. It sounds like something that's uh, in an EDM track. Yam da bon. Yam da bon. Yam da bon. Yam da bon. 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 Da both of them are based on the 1959 novel The Haunting Ooh. of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Hey, Hill. The Haunting stars Liam Neeson. <laughs> Liam Neeson. <laughs> Catherine Zeta-Jones. She deeps beneath the lasers. Oh. Uh, Owen Wilson and Lily Taylor. What? Oh, <laughs> it's an Owen Wilson I think, Guys, I don't know. Wow, there's ghosts here. Bruce yeah. Dern, is it? Spooky. Wow. Spooky. You're telling me this place was haunted ever since the people that last lived here died a horrible, bloody death? Wow. Wow. This is so interesting. You know, I always love just carpets. There's just like so much culture here. And I'm just really trying to soak it all in. Oh my lord! So the haunting? Uh, I think it might be the haunting. I hope Owen Wilson is. It also has sixteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a four point nine out of ten on IMDb. PG thirteen, nineteen ninety nine movie. It's PG thirteen. That's almost disappointing. All right, yeah, I'm cool with that. You guys like that? I mean, yeah, I'm down with it. The haunting, the nineteen ninety nine movie. Everyone out there listening, get get yourself ready. Get your popcorn prep. Um, I think we'll probably try to watch that one over this coming weekend and uh, and probably publish it on Tuesday or so, something like that. We'll try. We'll try. We, we, we certainly will. <laughs> we'll try. Um, but, yeah. No promises. That should be a good one. Um, we wanted to also talk about this uh, fun little weekend that we had and the reason for Kevin getting so much sun. As I mentioned, being on the other coast in Seattle, Washington, going to a fun uh, music festival called Sasquatch. Kevin, yeah. Kevin, why don't you just tell us how the weekend went? So Sasquatch is a music festival out in uh, Quincy, Washington. Uh, it's been around for a couple of years in the Gorge Amphitheater, which is this just beautiful, beautiful it looks like a you know VFX matte painting in the background. That's awesome. Gorge, uh, and uh, this it's gorgeous. Great stage. One might and, say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no one ever made that joke the whole trip. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, Kevin, you know what? Just because you suffered through it all weekend doesn't mean I don't get to make it. So. <laughs> well, fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, so it was, it's it's a really gorgeous venue, fairground. Um, it's a really great festival because it's got a great mix of you know uh, old school rock, uh, indie folk, and uh, emerging hip hop, and of course your your like all music festivals you've got the EDM tent in the corner, the only one that has shade because they know everybody's like sunburned and on ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, all right, we'll give the EDM tent shade. Give and the. I'm, I am proud to say I went there zero times. <laughs> oh, Kevin. I'm not a big electronic EDM dubstep fan. Uh, I'll stick to the uh, 30-year-olds on an acoustic guitar talking about how sad they are any day. Uh, so I saw a lot of great artists, uh, some great performances by David Byrne. Mm. Uh, that was probably one of my favorites. I uh, definitely would have been there. Uh, Phoebe Bridgers was a great discovery, as well as Shaky Graves. Uh, what what kind of what kind of music is that? What kind of stuff do they play? Kind of like Shaky Graves is a little kind of country indie, and Phoebe Bridgers like indie rock. Uh, so one's a little bit country, and one's a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> you might say. Well, I'm a little bit. Yeah, Sorry, man. Like you that. had you had a fun weekend, and I'm I'm riffing on it. <laughs> I respect your experience. <laughs> It now, sounds like a great time. I wish I had no, been No, I'll there describe with you. it for 30 more seconds I, and then you throw in just a little dad joke there. And, and, then, we, can, and we can end this yeah. segment. And then I'll be like, great, moving on. 20 minutes on the NBA finals. <laughs> no, we're going to do max 10 minutes on the NBA. Tell me, um, uh, I, I know for a fact that you were very, very, very excited for one particular set, the one that closed out the weekend on Sunday night. Yes. Anderson Pac. Mm-hmm. Um, we had watched a couple um, music videos of some of his new uh, singles coming out, like the week before you went to the festival. So, give us a little bit of 
you know, a review of Anderson Pac, uh live and in color? Uh, it was fantastic. I mean, he really puts on a show and, um, you know, the, something I noticed there at the festivals, and I'm sure you guys have recognized this going to festivals, is there's kind of usually two performances from the artists. There's usually them putting on the show show that they do on tours and sometimes just playing like a bunch of tracks, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I think when you get the performances that are really personal and really like they're giving it all as if they were the, you know, star of the, you know, night. Yeah. You really get some great performances, and happy to say that Anderson Pac was one of those. That's awesome. Um, and he really played it up, and really seemed to know the order of his songs, and you know, talked in between, talked about how special and how much fun he was having, and uh, <clears throat> it was it was it was a great way to end the festival. And uh, he's just a great, you know, young emerging dancing, but hip hop and head nodding and using the Free Nationals, which is a great instrumental uh, accompanying. And when he's just on drums, you're just like, how are you singing and drumming at the same time? It's it's mind-boggling. Hey! Hey! Hold <laughs> on. You might never come down. Oh. Let me get down! No, we won't. Sorry, Anderson. We could, we could go into a minute-long thing on that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, often. I highly recommend uh, checking it out if you can. You are going to meet a lot of people from Canada and Oregon and Washington. Because that seemed to be the majority of people who were there. I, I, I don't think I met anyone else who was from the East Coast. Wow. The people I met. That's cool. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, prepare well, because people go all out on the campground. Uh, like yeah. That. So what I was going to ask, since it is a camping event, what did you guys prepare for food? and? We didn't prepare well, because <laughs> we were day-to-day, like... New York boys in a Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi Mirage. Oh. What is that? Um, it is... It's like one of those cars that you have to roll backwards in order for it to go forward. It's one of those toy cars. And it's just a <laughs> tiny little crapper that you have to put in sport whenever you're going uphill over a five-foot incline. That's funny. Uh, it did not have much room, and uh, we really dented it. And as the rental car uh, woman said when we returned it, Ooh, looks like there was a party in here. <laughs> <laughs> So and I I half blame the Mitsubishi Mirage and half blame us, but uh, yeah, the the camping was very cool, um, very kind of everybody doing their own thing. But one of those things I think I realized is when you do the camp, you have to go all out. You have to really, 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 really prepare. Uh, bringing in grills, bringing in canopies, blankets for shade and whatnot. And unfortunately, because we are flying out and in a rental car, you know, we didn't really have the ability to you know really plan out the camp uh but luckily our neighbors had a canopy and shade and invite us in we were allowed to put our chairs in there and hang out so uh you gotta say the hospitality was fantastic from everybody out in washington everybody was really chill that's cool also uh it goes without saying washington um washington state is a legal uh state for some specific substances and we won't go into much detail but uh u.s grade number one narcotics we would love to uh we love to see more of that trend going around the country of uh legal cannabis let's say i think it's smart it's a great way to make money off taxes yeah yeah take all the taxes and they put take it into like, education in washington they take like 20 percent. love it Please do going, that. It's going, you know where it's Tax going? Tax me out the schools. ass on weed. Yeah. Schools, schools and drug rehabilitation programs. And uh, senior homes. And senior homes. Yeah. The the three pillars of a strong nation. Yeah. But no, we should just tax soda more. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. That's, and, that's and just the, provide it in bigger and bigger That'll cups. save public schools. <laughs> the soda tax. Yeah. Mm. Well, Kevin, thank you for sharing sharing that. I think um, Sasquatch sounds like a lot of fun, especially the camping aspect of it. And I know um, music festivals in general, especially when you get good lineups, can just be like days and days of fun. Um, and so I'm glad you had a fun Memorial Weekend. I just want to give a shout-out to a New York band uh, who was at the festival, Too Many Zoos. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Who probably was the best band, best performance, other than maybe Phoebe Bridgers, that went on before, like, 3.30. 
and on like they rock on dude. Sasquatch on Reddit, they were like, I discovered this band Too Many Zoos, you know, and they were like, Did you see Too Many Zoos? It was like awesome. It was like the best like discovery band for I think a lot of West Coast people. Yeah, uh, and we know them. Of course. They have a New York City following. They do a lot of playing in the subway, and and, and they start out busking. Yeah, yeah, and they have some really hot YouTube videos, and they're just fun, like jazzy, funky, kind of alternative sound and they just they really jam the fuck out too it was one of those where because we wanted to see them we were up close up front that's awesome and then it's you know when the start you can turn around there's you know probably like a row or two of people behind you and by the end it just they had just drawn a crowd to yeah. one of the smaller stages and uh were just they were fantastic and fun and it was like the saxophone player guy was like watching that uh sexy saxophone meme yeah. Like over and over again, he just he, awesome. he has dance moves he, while riffing on the. He danced the, like yes. Mick Jagger and played like like Bill Kenny Clinton. <laughs> Bill Clinton even better with just yes. as much swagger as Bill Clinton. Yeah, definitely. Nineties Bill Clinton. I remember watching some Too Many Zoos YouTube videos when we were in college, and I always hoped to see them in the subway and never have. But mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that they're well, making their way on stage. $58. Yeah, I'd love to see them at the Highline Ballroom now yeah. for like 100 bucks or something like that. And it's yeah. packed and there's a line to get in and it's $13 <laughs> for a beer. And just like, this is yeah, not the same. it's not the same. All right, we, want, we don't want to spend uh, too much time on our next topic, but um, as, as many, as all listeners know, likely, uh, we are NBA fans. Um, we're now looking at the fourth consecutive meeting in the NBA Finals of the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. The quadrilogy! Yep, it's Mm. Jaws 4 all over again. (laughs) We'll watch every game and stream it just for you people. No, we won't do that. And just like Jaws 4, or Jaws uh, colon, The Revenge, Mm -hmm. there'll be plenty of stock footage from the first series. Yep, there'll be a lot. Shown to fill the time. Many of the, the time filled in while the sports broadcasters try to figure out what else they can say about a repetitive boring Steph series Curry making threes and lebron driving into the paint and dunking on someone <laughs> dunking yeah on and and kevin durant pulling up from 28 feet you know uh, the six six foot 11 alien that he is and kevin love playing a lot better than expected yeah and kevin love getting a rebound <laughs> which is what he does um the conference finals I'd say we're probably more exciting than the finals are going to be. Uh, both series went to seven games on the Eastern side. Um, Which was your favorite? Which was your favorite conference? I mean, honestly, football? I didn't see as much of the games as I kind of wished I had. I watched game one of the Western Conference with our good friend Seb, who went to Sasquatch with Kevin. Um, I watched game three, and I th- watched game seven. Um, and I watched probably two games of the Eastern Conference Finals, but a lot of the time I was spent this weekend like at the beach or something, so I missed a couple games this weekend. But from the highlights and what I gather and all the you know podcasts that I've also listened to, the sports podcasts, um, the Boston and um, the Boston and Cleveland series just seemed pretty great. Like LeBron and, and the city of Boston and the TD Garden and the Boston Celtics have a lot of history. Um, Obviously, LeBron is carrying his team. Go ahead. Well, it's just they went down 0-2. Yeah, they went down 0-2, brought it back to 2-2, and then were down 3-2, and then LeBron, you know, won on home court in Game 6. And then Game 7 in Boston, LeBron versus the Celtics, essentially, and the Celtics just couldn't do it. They started bricking stuff. Uh, Jason Tatum is appearing Uh to be one of the best young players in the NBA and probably by the end of this season was the best player on the Celtics which is awesome we've got a really good crop of young players in the league now with Ben Simmons Donovan Mitchell hopefully Markel Fultz gets healthy you know Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum on the Celtics that series was like exciting and went all the way to the end and LeBron still made it through but it also showed us like some other things to look forward to um so, yeah, so, that one was fun. So, Johnny, what are you looking forward to in this NBA Finals, and what are you not looking forward to? <laughs> I honestly don't even know, like, wh- what to think. I, I think a huge part to... of the Western Conference Finals was the 
the Golden State Warriors not really living up to their potential like 75% of the time. Mm -hmm. And then when they do turn it on, it's just like a torrent and like just a nuclear war. And it's just Steph Curry bombs from 30 feet and Kevin Durant turnaround jumpers from 25 feet that nobody should make except for him. And like, and they only do that for like the third quarter of every game. And it's just so dumb and the, you know, almost didn't work against a really good team like Houston and now like it's probably going to work pretty well against the Cavs because it's not the Cavs really it's LeBron and a bunch of guys you know it, Kevin Love won't be back for game one so I don't know it's it's gonna be like a five game series um ruling out like kind of other circumstances like hopefully you know no big players on the Warriors get injured and there's no suspensions or any kind of fights or anything like that but um I just I'm gonna I'm preparing myself not for like a great series but like for hopefully a great display of one of the best basketball players ever to play the game from LeBron and like hopefully the Warriors actually play some like fun like basketball that we've seen from them like every once in a while Mm-hmm. I really think that if Chris Paul had been healthy in the last two games of the Western Conference Finals, that like it would have been a lot closer in Game Six and Seven. If not, like maybe one of them might have fallen the Rockets' way. In which case, we're talking about a completely different series. But uh, yeah, uh, we, we got two Game Sevens out of the Conference Finals, and now we're going into the Finals. And I really don't think it's gonna be as like exciting as as those two Conference Finals series were, kind of paired together. Um, but I don't know. You know, we got the arguably, you know, we got, we have the greatest player of this generation ever facing off against the greatest, m- maybe the greatest team ever. Hopefully, we just get some great moments. You know, like Jason Tatum dunking over LeBron in Game Seven, even though the Celtics lost. That was a great moment. And I don't know. Maybe if if LeBron can push the Warriors to six, or maybe even seven or God forbid he freaking wins it, then, you know, that might change how Cleveland feels this summer and whether he stays there. Yeah, I mean, what outcome leads to LeBron staying? What outcome leads to LeBron leaving? I think for LeBron to stay, they have to win. They definitely have to win six games. Um, and, and, And the team has to play well, too. Like, if LeBron is just carrying everybody, he's gonna finish the series totally gassed, you know, losing five or six. And just say fuck this, um, yeah. I'm going to Houston or I'm going to. Philadelphia. It's not impossible for him to go to Philadelphia. I think it's less likely, but I would love to see like LeBron go to San Antonio or something like that. I just don't think his future is in Cleveland. But he's not gonna play with Kawhi though. Like gonna be out. No, you never know. Kawhi might might not stay with San Antonio. All I'm saying is that LeBron doesn't want to play point forward anymore. He wants to just play forward. And a great team that could use a forward is the 76ers. And he could be, you know, the, you know, master splinter to a bunch of young Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't, I don't think I LeBron think... is going to play next season without the ball in his hands most of the time. I think he wants to be point forward. Until he be- graduates to Carl Malone status and just starts playing back to the basket all the time, <laughs> playing the four, you know. I mean, if anything if can happen. Once you do that, the Sixers are willing. In the words of yeah. Kevin G- Kevin Garnett, anything is possible. That's a great gift to send people. Yeah. Yeah. When you're like, what do you want to do tonight? Anything is possible. <laughs> Great. Will you meet me at this bar? That's a little far away. I think I'm gonna stay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get let's get predictions. Um, give me the who you got winning and in how many number of games. Who who is a uh, home for one and two? The Warriors have home field home court, oh. so they're gonna have games one, two, five, and seven. I think I think Cavs stretch it to at least six. Go out on that limb. Hang on. So you think Warriors and six, or Warriors, Warriors and seven? six? If it goes to seven, Bron's taking it back. He's taking it home to Cleveland. I, 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 I you need to. I, I need take. no. I need. I that is lukewarm. I need a <laughs> definitive. 
who's going to win in, in how many games. I'm holding you to uh. this. I'm going to be a tough CNN political interviewer, and I'm going to hold you to an answer. Get close to the mic. I've never heard the words tough CNN reporter. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say. What Cavs. do you think? Cavs and six. Cavs and six? You're picking Cavs, the Cavs? Cavs and six. All right, that's that's like the boldest prediction of anybody. I've, I've, I, no one on ESPN thinks it's gonna go more than six games, and they're all, they're all wrong. They're all, they're all wrong, apparently. Kevin, what do you think? Uh, I think I learned my lesson last year. Uh, I was, I believed in the Cavs to win it all, and I got made fun of by almost uh, everyone. So I mean, I don't think as much as I'm gonna root for the Cavs against the Warriors because I do not like the Warriors. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be the Warriors in five. I think they're going to win games one and two, then Cleveland will win game three, and then the Warriors will take game four, and the Warriors will then win at home. Yeah, I would like I don't to think see the Warriors, Warriors can win clinch at it at home. I, don't, I mean, I don't think the Warriors can clinch it uh, away. Do you remember? But I think they will steal, steal a game. Do you remember last year um, we watched – Game four. Well, we didn't really watch it, but game four was on at the Borgata in Atlantic City. Yeah. When we were there, we were staying at Kevin's lovely Jersey Shore home. Can I just tell a quick weird story that happened to me over Sasquatch? Please. Uh, The fact that we spend our whole lives, like, looking around screens and whatnot and on TVs, you know, whatnot, uh, it really is jarring seeing a screen when you just leave your phone behind and like haven't seen screens in a while because I hadn't seen a screen in like three days and there was this bar at Sasquatch that had bathrooms in it uh, so we would just show our IDs to get into the bar and then use the bathrooms outside in the back because mm-hmm. uh, there was no line for them and you learn these tricks when you're uh, dirty and dehydrated <laughs> and so but at one point I like poked my head in the bar to see and I saw an ESPN on the on a TV screen, and it was Stephen A. Smith talking about how the Western Conference Finals uh, was tied three three, and I was just like, "What? Oh, screen! It's so bright! The Western <laughs> Conference Finals are tied three three! It's just like the world was like reminding me. That's that, cool, like, man. That's a good thing, though. On. Yeah, it was it was so weird though and jarring to like see a screen at like a bar, you know, a sports bar. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's a good experience to have, like, going so much time without looking at a telephone or a, or yeah, a TV felt, or Yeah, it felt pretty healthy. And I, I got to say, I'm going to try to practice that a little more this summer. That's my goal. It's beautiful outside. That's good. Don't be looking down. All right, my prediction for the NBA Finals is Warriors in a sweep. Oh! Because I want to be bold. I know the Warriors are going to win. Hot take! But I want to I wanna be bold and say they're going to get in a sweep. Um, Steph Curry will uh, average 28 points a game. How many will LeBron average? LeBron will average a triple-double, something like 35, (laughs) 15, and 12, something like that. And the bench of the Cavs will score 12. (laughs) Honestly, yes. LeBron will have more rebounds and assists than the Cavs bench. LeBron will have like a couple games where he has more assists than everyone else combined. Mm -hmm. Um. So this podcast is getting to about an hour now. Uh, Ooh, I think we've got oof, enough uh, NBA talk in us. Um, this has been a good one. Um, fun listening and, and watching Triple uh, X. And big ups to Kevin watching uh, Harry and Meghan. Uh, <laughs> cool recap from Sasquatch. Um, the summer um, music festival season is underway. So uh, tweet yeah, at us. With out, any, go tw- check out some music outdoors. Even if it's... Yeah. And tweet at us with any other kind of cool unknown music festivals you know about and other people might not know about. We'd love to retweet some people. Um, And watch watch the NBA Finals. Basketball is fun, so everyone should watch it. Um, (laughs) The NBA would love those figures. Yeah, yeah, they (laughs) they they certainly would. But you should illegally no, actually you should illegally stream it though. Don't watch it on cable. Illegally stream it on reddit.com slash r slash NBA streams. For Steve Kernick, for Kevin Hill, I'm Johnny Lake. Thank you again for listening and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.